What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Madison Assembly Podcast. I'm David. I'm Cody. And I'm Jason. Welcome back. The boys are back, and it's time to talk this week about what's going on in each other's lives. Let me start over here with Pastor Jason. What's What's going going on on in your life? Well, here it is. Another day to be alive. Had a great weekend. My Tennessee Volunteers won. Pastor David, I know your Alabama Crimson Tide, they won too. Yeah, we beat them by 50-something points to nothing. It was a squeaker. But the sad thing is... There was one at this table where their team did not come through. Did not. And that was Cody's Irish. Hey, they not for the lack of trying. They fought valiantly for a little while. They, uh, yeah, I shared with you guys, I think, on Sunday. Last year, I'm convinced they lose with a better offense. This year, their <laughs> offense is down. They would have lost by 28. Okay. Wow. Well, other than that, I got to spend time with my daughters. It's just been a great weekend. It's glad to, I'm just glad to be back with you guys. And here we are in another podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We've got a lot of awesome things coming up here in the near future. I'm really excited mostly about, you know, just the the following we're getting with this. You know, a lot of people are, are tuning in and listening. You know, thank you to all of you who, who listen to us or watch us every week and for your feedback and the comments you're sending and the emails you're sending. And, you know, it, it's, it's rewarding to me, guys, that we can have an outlook where yeah. we can just do what we do on a weekly basis anyway and yeah. people can be blessed by it. You know, is that a... Is is it weird to know people are hearing our conversations and then reacting to them? Is that weird? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> going into it, going, you know, just the idea of a podcast was fun, but it was like, man, do people really want to? Hey, we're we might have to start sp- selling merchandise, man. Okay, I got really quiet there. Let's just move on. No, uh, well, I'm just thinking, like, not a bad idea. Not, we're going to get hats. We're going to get T-shirts. Yeah. We're going to get hoodies. We're going to get belt buckles. Belt buckles. Get, yeah. So, how much? What? How much swag are we talking about what? here? What? No. <laughs> Don't we have that as a sound what? bit? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, well, so what are we going to get? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> and then for you that are watching, I know we have a few from Germany. That's pretty cool. So. Um, Hello, talk. welcome. Go, yeah, good and talk. Cool. Love your schnitzel. It's really, really, really good. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend, Pastor Cody? What was up with you? Uh, for Labor Day weekend, I labored not at all. Not at all. I not feel like all. I did not say that correctly, but um, did not. Did no not one went. In, in no one went into labor. No one went into labor. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> no, no one went into labor. I okay. Okay, let, let's let's throw the elephant on the table. Has anybody ever asked themselves? What makes it Labor Day? Labor Has anybody Day. ever asked that? Like growing up when people said, you know, you're off on school Monday because it's Labor Day and um, you, just, you accept it. But then have you ever sat down? Do you remember sitting down at a whatever age and going, what's Labor Day? What, 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 why are we taking a day off for Labor Day? Especially when there's so many definitions of the word labor. Well, so. from, from our past, I just remember Labor Day was that last big picnic, the end of summer. And Pools then we, are closing. Yeah, then we always start at school that next day to go back to school. And our kids now start in the middle of summer, right after the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, know? I was going to say, my, my, my dad told me that story that when he was growing up, Mo- Memorial Day was the cutoff of the spring semester. Like they went they went to school up till like Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday before Memorial Day. And then they didn't go back to school until the Wednesday or Tuesday after Labor Day. Wow. That, and so that three months was their three months off. And they scripted everything around that. But that yeah, like you said, now our my kids get out of school second or third week of May and then they're back in first or second week of August. So yeah. they get maybe ten weeks total, if that. So it's pretty I think part cool. of what's different, at least from when I was in school, which was much you know, much more down the road than you guys. That was an old that was an old guy joke. That's okay. Who you call an old? I let it pass. What? <laughs> uh, I think what what's different is I um I never had a fall break. We had one week for spring break and two weeks for Christmas break and now I think Madison, they get a full week off for the fall, right? Or yeah. Am I? Yep. Yeah, I didn't have fall break either. So I, I think they're shortening the summer, but I almost, I would almost rather have, you know, several well, one or two week. Just a few short years ago, they tried to put it in practice where you'd had two weeks fall break, two weeks spring break, and then eight weeks of summer. So you got two weeks off in those two breaks, which I really liked, but. Then you have church camp and all that stuff that gets affected over the summer right. because there's just no time to do anything. Yeah. So we kind of went back to that normal schedule again. But yeah, that, but going back to your question about Labor Day, that's what I've always heard. Um, I guess it's letting people who labor rest, right. like work construction or whatever it may be. I don't know. Maybe I said that wrong. But right. any job you're laboring, but it's a day of rest. 
but to me, it's getting ready for winter time. Here. Yeah, to honor all those who who labor in the workforce is yeah. basically what it's supposed to. Maybe be. Maybe some of our listeners are those watching can just kind of put in. Maybe send us some some thoughts or some links where we can read up on this. Yeah, what, what are some of your funny ideas of what you thought Labor Day was <laughs> when you were a kid? Absolutely, because yeah, for 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 sure. And yeah, I, I it's the day babies are born. Yeah, they get well, it? Labor well, Day. Yeah, okay. that's, that that was the re- original joke. I oh, had. see, I missed it. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, for me, I, I love I love both systems proposed. I actually, it's it's growing on me. I'm not sold on it yet, but it's growing on me the proposals that they make school year round. Mm. And what they do is they have, like you said, we're going to take like six weeks off in the summer, and then we're going to do a week off in the fall. We're going to do a week for Thanksgiving. We're going to do two weeks for Christmas, New Year's. We're going to do a week for spring break, a week for the Easter holiday. So it's like, by the end of it, when you total it all up, you've been in school basically a whole year. You're just getting a month here, two weeks here, uh-huh. whatever. And so it keeps the kids in the habit of, because when you get older, you don't get a summer vacation from work. So, you know, he gets that habit of, of, of working that every day. That would be nice so. though, wouldn't it? And without the data to back it, I think I've heard in the past that, uh, year round school, you retain that knowledge a little bit more Much better. going into the yes. next school year. And, you know, you think of the different levels of math that when you, go to seventh or eighth grade, that's, you know, sometimes quite a bit of a jump from sixth grade. And so if you forget what happened in sixth grade, I don't know. Well, not to start a whole new discussion, but do you think because of the newer technology, kids are just not grasping the concepts anymore? Is it just we don't read books like we used to? Because what has changed from the old days where you had all this three months off to now kids are just not retaining, you know, what happened? That's just a good question. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Well, well, I I think something that, um, that definitely has to do with that is kids aren't able to sit and ponder anymore. Hmm. We're so busy. It it was so crazy. When I was a kid, your brain could focus on one thing all day because there was nothing else to distract it. So when you were in school, if you had, you know, a school topic or whatever, you would do it. And then when you got in the car to go home, unless you were filthy rich and had a ton of computers and a ton of video game systems and and whatever, there was no, you know, um, a host of things to distract you from thinking about what you just learned in school. So when you, and then when you went home and did homework, it still remained fresh. Kids now, my gosh, by the time you get home, Forget that. By the time you get in your car and your kid, your parents let you have your cell phone out again, now you now you're flooded with apps. What now are you talking about? They have their cell phones at school. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I I just think personally that that the we we have information overload. Yeah. That there's so much to take in. There's so many. You know, the whole thing of you can't drive down the highway without passing twenty billboards. If you read every single one of them, you don't remember what the first one was. Wow. So it's the same thing of okay, forget billboards. If you go through a YouTube video, the ads you're seeing, the the pop ups you're seeing, the the websites you're listing. Okay, I'm looking for this. I went to this website. I didn't find it. That website pointed me to this one. I didn't find it. You've gone through 10 websites to find the one piece of information. You don't remember the first sites you clicked on. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, it, there's so much. It's a great thing in some respects. There's so much now information sure. and tools. Too and, much. And yeah, exactly. To the point of you don't, you, we, when is the last time you sat down and said, I'm going to take this one thing and only think about that? Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, then you'll retain it. You'll put it to memory. And, and I mean, you guys probably know this. The difference between something being in short-term memory and then going into long-term memory is a process. And it's a repetitive yeah. kind of choosing, I will not forget this. You have to make yourself get into long-term memory to where you won't forget Well, it. funny story. Over the weekend, the kids are like, let's watch a movie. So you have Hulu, Netflix, Prime, all these different things. And you go on, it's like, uh, there's just nothing out. <laughs> and you have hundreds of movies. Or you always pick. go back to the same five. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, Marvel. Nothing out you want to see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'll tell you from experience, I know why technology um, distracted me. Hmm. Go ahead. My junior year, 2009, uh, was re- at least in the Evansville area, it was really the first sort of wave of bringing on netbooks as a replacement for textbooks. I remember that. We still had textbooks, but we had netbooks, just sort of integrating. Oh, right. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> it, was ve- it was very valuable to have a, a couple of nerdy friends, and I, I'm, I'm being serious because they knew how to manipulate Uh-oh. the proxies mm. for the websites. It would get you around, and I'm not saying inappropriate things, were, you know, sure. but 
you could get on and play like World of Warcraft. Wow. Because they... On your netbook. On my netbook, I played hours of backyard <laughs> baseball. <laughs> oh, I remember that when I, when I was younger, the back. Yes. Okay. It's like a wiffle ball that you guys could play yes. on the next like, It's like, well, yes, teacher, X squared. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even, okay, so the teachers that roam around, I, I wasn't that bad of a kid, I promise. He's like, but as a teacher, there was, there was this software that created uh, like a desktop cube. Wow. And so literally, if you would press like control and then an arrow over, the screen would rotate. Oh. So you could have your school assignment on so, a desktop. So what we would have like tabs now, tab it out, put the new tab in. <laughs> I am learning a lot about Mr. Cody Tefford over here. Oh, hey. I'd be just going to town on backyard baseball. All oh, the teachers come and click. I'm typing a yes, paper. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, of course, I would have been doomed. Trying to do that by myself, yep. so you, you got to find the right people. And yeah. you can't. You're not. You're not lying by saying, "Yeah, I'm really am doing this." It's just on the other tab. <laughs> <Wow>. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh so, my gosh! Now, one hundred percent. No yeah. wonder the Irish lost. <laughs> <laughs> They're too busy netbooking. Too busy netbooking. <laughs> netbooking. Oh, no. Man. Uh, man. Cool. Th- th- this is. <laughs> Man, we're Segway. Like, Where's the Segway? Where's the Segway? segway? Oh, toggle, there, toggle, there. arrow. It's here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Control, alt, delete. Control, Control alt, delete. <laughs> okay, let, let's stay here for a minute. Did you ever get caught? No. <laughs> you lucky dog. No. I, I was you never got caught. No, I played my hand right. It never froze. Nothing ever like that nope. happened. Nope. Wow. Um, I just, it was, it was the very first year. So a lot of the teachers didn't even know this stuff was going on. Right. Uh, Gmail chat, Google chat. You know, it was like Man. AIM, except Google's version. Ba-ding! Yeah. Because really, I, I know phones were prominent, but I think the first Ba-ding! iPhone came out in wow. like 09, right? Yes. Yes. So smartphones was not, I mean, there was no Snapchat, nothing like that. Right. So it was cool to be able to <laughs> yeah, Gmail chat absolutely. your friends wow. from other schools. Even it was cool. Man, when I was your age in school, I I was we had loose leaf notebooks and, and uh, uh, you started wearing shoes, pen and, and letters, and <laughs> sending it off with a bird. Exactly, uh, little doves. Sm- yep. Yeah, then you graduated to smoke signals, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then writing the hieroglyphics came later. And man, this technology is awesome. No, yeah, we moved from caves to paper. But what no? What I will say is speaking of. Back in my day, we just celebrated Honor Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that that was a uh, man. I, I I always just get such a joy out of seeing generations united under yeah. under one covenant and under one unity and spirit. And you know, so I wanted to say I appreciate you know Pastor you Cody and everybody that got involved. The heart of our church for. For all generations, not just those older or younger, but for all generations, we want everybody to to become deeper in their walk with Christ. That's our primary goal. So, Cody, awesome job on on uh, what you did with that. And um, you know, I, I think I I want to call it a win. Yeah, I, I think it was a great day. We can't do anything without those that have gone before us. And like I said a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about generations, you know. What we have here is a lot of people, they gave their time, their energy, their efforts, their parents, their grandparents. And so we are just building off of what they have laid the foundation. And I'm so thankful that we have a lot of those older folks, those veterans, we're calling them, those seasoned veterans that are still with us. They still believe in us. And they're walking with us every day as we continue to move forward as a church. Because October's coming close, but October 12th is the birthday of this church, and I'll be 68 years old. So. So thankful for where we're at. 68 years. I, the tacos were good, too. Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, are y'all with me? I could eat Mexican food literally probably every day. Mexican. Well. I really could. I, I love can't. it. I love I'm it. I'm kind of over it right now. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Not me. I, I got to be simple with my Mexican. I could, I could have a taco every day. I don't know if I could have like a big old burrito. Like, sure. you know, I would change it up. I'm not saying I could eat a burrito every day. But see, that's no. my problem. I don't change it up. I eat the same thing. So it's kind of like I need to venture out. No, I'll go taquitos. Then I'll go burrito. Then I'll go quesadilla. Then I'll go tacos. Then I'll go nachos. Then I'll go reverse back around. I've had eight <laughs> things and I just rotate them. I could do it every day. That's every day. And then you could do burritos for breakfast and you could do oh. bacon and egg burritos or bacon and egg tacos. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, it, it works across the board. Mexican food, if, if it's not in your top three of all time, I question your humanity. <laughs> 
you need to go back to the planet you came from. Personally. Do you like like <laughs> authentic Mexican or do you like the Americanized authentic Mexican? I've had both. And, yeah. I, and I will say, because I've done two mission trips to Mexico, it is dramatically different. That's why I asked. I've heard it's... Yeah, it, it is. There's a reason they spice up so much and have so many sauces is because, because of the way they do things, everything usually comes off bland. Yes, The way the cooking ability and the stuff... And, and this isn't everywhere. Please understand, it's not everywhere. But a lot of the places we stayed at, they just don't have, um, you know, I mean, and I'm sure, granted, it's been almost 20 years ago, so I'm sure the, the technology in some of those places has advanced, but the majority of them don't value the the processing of everything. They want it to be made from scratch right. or they want it to be the way it is. And so when you do that and you're doing it for a large family, you can't go to the store and spend 20 bucks on all these extra things you want to do. So right. you're getting a, you're getting a tortilla made from scratch. You're going to get meat that was grilled in probably some capacity <laughs> and then whatever vegetables or whatever spices they have on tap, that's what they have. And so, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. The food we had there was sure. incredible and it was so so we're so thankful we had it, but yeah, just when you go to, to to them, you know, I bet they come up here and they sit down at a Mexican restaurant and they're probably like, "This is not what we so eat. It's so different." Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. So, well, and the reason I asked that, I worked with a, a real sweet lady up north. Her name was Cecilia, and um, she was, if not Mexico, she was from Central America, and mm-hmm. so she, uh, you know, obviously knew how to cook true, authentic, and she said. Do you want to? You want some tamales? I'm going to make tamales oh, tonight, and I'm bringing them tomorrow. Mm. And I love tamales, and I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, not being mean or whatever, but when I tried it, you know, I kind of had to put a a fake face on because it, it was it was a little mm-hmm. bit more bland than I was used to, but it was right. it was it was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I can remember the funniest eating mission food story I can ever think of. <laughs> we were in England. And they had fish and chips. They had that, and the fish and <laughs> chips there are good. What? But, but yeah, governor, could I have some fish and chips? Uh, no, they they had they had this wine cooked chicken. They cooked the chicken in wine, and when they served it, it was purple. Purple. They didn't cook it all out. Oh, it was tinted purple, so they didn't cook all the alcohol and all the wine out. And I cannot. I this is one of the reasons why I've never drank in my life because I got so sick. It, it, wow. it, the alcohol was so bad on my stomach, I couldn't keep it down. Within an hour, I was in the restroom, and wow. th- and and I just I felt so bad because th- they, they labored in the kitchen to cook this yeah. for you, and and, right. and they were try- I guess they were trying to be fancy, and oh, we're going to cook chicken cooked in wine or or whatever. But I, yeah, I just we, we left there, and I, thankfully, I found out later I wasn't the only one. There was a there was a number of us that. I'm, I'm not kidding. They served it. It looked like grilled chicken, but it was tinted purple. They they did not cook was all it, the alcohol out of it. It was. I felt so bad. I almost wonder was it undercooked. It might have been that. Well, maybe might, that's some might have been a little of that too. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 I again, I felt terrible because the family was amazing. We loved spending time with them. It was just one of those. And, may, and maybe again, maybe it was just something as an American person I wasn't used sure. to. But maybe that's maybe that's every day for them, and they eat that in their sleep. But <laughs> well, for us, I just couldn't handle it. Well, 2019, our church went to Costa Rica on a mission trip, and uh, I love how we'll talk about literally anything on this podcast. We're talking about like <laughs> Mexican food, right? You have the. Yeah. Uh, that type of food. So it was beans and rice. And it was like, man, here we are the third day, three times a day. Like, is there anything else that we can get here? Not that I'm not being appreciative and thankful. Right. They're like, well, what'd you like, Pastor? And I said, do you have any meat? Because <laughs> I'm like, I need something that's kind of that's set a on mistake. Your that can mean a lot yeah. of different that things. Mean, a lot so of we places. came in the next morning and there was meat yep. on the table. Come to find out, though, it was a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, all right. Pastor yeah. wants me. Go, <laughs> go kill go Daisy. Kill the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seabiscuit, the pastor. Yeah, uh, pastor so, wants you. So that's my story, man, of the crazy food I've eaten on a yeah. mission strip. What did it taste like? Uh, it was, <laughs> like, a, like a beef jerky, maybe? But it wasn't bad. But when you're hungry and all, the only thing you've been eating is beans and rice, it was really yeah. joyful, but then when you find out what it was, oh, man. then you have a horse that walks by. It's like, was it yours? <laughs> so, was it in your clan? You know, your little. That would be a nay for you. Then. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, anyways, do you have any stories, Cody, from a mission trip or anything like that? Uh, no. Where you had monkey brains or something like no, that? No, you know, I've never been out of the country. Thousand year egg? Really? I've never. never. Been out of the, oh, never man, been out we're going to have to make that work. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've been to Mexico twice, England and Scotland. Nice. So that was Ooh, Scotland's where I like to go. Yeah. Great Scotland's Scotland. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Got to see where William Wallace, Wallace waged war right. against the Brits. Yeah. No. Freedom. <laughs> yeah. I, and I've been told one of the most historically inaccurate movies yeah. ever made. Hey, so. don't do that. Don't, uh, don't, don't mess it watch up. Watch it me. for the blood and guts. Don't watch it for the history lesson. Uh, I think PD, that's a little bit me- of Mel Gibson. Don't mess it up. That's for what me. Mel Gibson Shh. does for you. I'm not listening. La la la. The Patriot <laughs> wasn't entirely accurate uh, no, either. What? Don't do that to me, you guys. I'm sorry. Yep. You know what was accurate? Lethal Weapon. That was accurate. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And on that, folks. And this on that, is where folks. We end. <laughs> speaking of missions and yes. missionaries, this is the way you do a segue yeah and is that thankfully in a minute we're going to get the chance to um speak to uh pastor max southern of the ville church in shelbyville shelbyville he um is a um pastor that god has called to plant a church in shelbyville and thankfully he's uh, he's been gracious to give us some of his time we're going to bring him on here in just a minute but you know pastor what's what's our relationship between Madison Assembly and this church plant how how are we helping make this thing happen this is an awesome opportunity well first of all they're really close to our community which not close, I'm talking, but they're in our vicinity of the About southeast away, region. Right? No, Yeah, I can throw a stone and break their window. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in an hour. An hour away, yeah, yes. About an hour. And so we want to support them. We, we, we've been praying for them. We've also financially helped them. And uh, I'm just excited about what God's going to do for Max and Keisha and the family there. I'm excited that a, a church is being planted, an Assembly of God church is being planted there where they don't have a church, Assembly of God church. So I'm excited right. about that. And I just love this guy. He we we believe in him. He's real tall. Yeah. Wish I could have some of his height. But yeah, no lie. We had to adjust our camera because <laughs> we had to get him in the frame on when he came here to speak. I thought I was gonna have to get on a step stool just to introduce him when yeah, he came up he's on the tall guy. He's a great dude. And yeah. I really believe that God has brought them here. Just how the churches have come together and raised money to help them and what they have done to raise money and all the people that's been there to do work on the church. I'm just thrilled to see what's gonna happen. So but I love the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Cody, would you ever plant a church? Right, as of right now, if God said if you do it, of course you would. But right now in your gut, have you ever thought about planting a church? Um, I I think getting to know people like Max, I've thought like, man, I mean, that's a, that's a big challenge. That's a sure. big task to take on. Um, but, you know, part of me is like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I yeah. can do that. Not anytime soon. Sure. But just kind of as a... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, it's okay. Wink, if the Lord calls you to do it, you got to do yeah, it. Wink, wink, pastor. Wink, um, wink. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, I think I would enjoy that challenge, but that's way easier to say on my end of sure. it. Yeah. Where I'm, it's all hypothetical. So I'm looking forward to hear what Max has to share about this process. Well, you guys know there's a lot of places in Indiana that needs churches. Absolutely. Planning, so... Yeah, I'd, I definitely... I, I the Lord spoke to me a long time ago because I was actually in a service when a missionary came to my home church and he was sharing so many, you know, back then they had slideshows for those of you that did, didn't know about video presentations and slideshows. <laughs> so and literally, I'm not kidding, the click slideshow where yep. he's clicking slide by slide showing the the buildings he's built and the and the people he's talked to, whatever, and then they show the the brokenness of the neighborhoods and this that and the mm-hmm. other thing. And I was moved. But I wasn't in tears like the lady next to me, hmm. and so I was. I was like, God, is there something wrong with me? You know, is there, should I be like in the floor wailing right now because of how bad this? <laughs> whatever. He's like, and the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget this. He said, "You're not called to be a planter. Hmm. You're called to water." Hmm. And that that's something that I that has always stuck with me is that it's if you have a passion, if you have what we call an apostolic anointing, for those of you that don't know, one of the five uh, roles of ministry is the apostle. The apostles are starters. Mm-hmm. They love to go into a place where there is nothing, start something, and then once they get it to a mature level, they pass it on to someone who feels the call to do it and right. be there every day, which is the role of a pastor, to be married to that place and, and help them every day. And then usually the apostle will move on to another place that doesn't have anything and start the process over again. That's what yeah. an ap- apostle does. And so... It was just so funny to, to, to hear the Lord say that and said, you may not be the best person to go start someone's walk with Christ. You may not be the best person to go and, and do something from scratch where there is nothing, but you can go into an area where something's there 
and help it grow and help it be vibrant and help help it sharpen itself or whatever. And so I've always been, that was a security thing for me because so many times, you know, you're like, man, why can't I just be like that guy? He can walk up to a complete total stranger and win him to Christ in five Don't minutes. Don't send me to Africa, God. Don't send me to Africa. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I mean, and, and that's, and that's something I'm okay to say. I'm in awe of people sure. that literally can walk up to a total stranger and within 30 minutes, they have a, they have a new believer in Christ. Yeah. That, that's a gift. To be able to do that, or, or somebody that that is not afraid to go into the the jungles of Africa and and confront people that are about to kill them and 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 look at them with a smile and go, which can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> are, are those people that go to places where the gospel is not allowed and willing to lay down their yes. lives to die for Christ? I know we have to all die, but man, that's an extra step of faith and yeah, commitment for sure. Know? So. Yeah. So again, I, 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 so saying all that to say this, I applaud Max yeah. for hearing the voice of God and saying, okay, God, I'm willing to do that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear his, his side of this, hear his story and hear, you know, what God's going to be doing in Shelbyville and pa- pastor, are there, hopefully we have plans that once this thing starts getting momentum, we're going to be able to go over and check it out. And, I would love to. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to go uh, just see what God is doing for them and who knows? Maybe it's a good help for us as we think about maybe in the future planning a church off of our church. So, which we're doing that now, but it, more of us sending someone out from our congregation to plant a church in a region real close around us, that would be awesome. Absolutely. And maybe he'll help us understand how to do that. Absolutely. So, iron's always good to sharpen iron, yeah, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are privileged and honored now to welcome in to the Madison Assembly podcast, Pastor Max Southern. Max, how are you, sir? Yeah. Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Max, hey, we do, we do have a funny story. We call you Max Shepherd here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh because, uh, well, it's funny. I was, I was wondering if from Seymour. <laughs> so, yeah. that's funny. It, what's funny is that every time I try to type in your, um, your name to like message or whatever, it autocorrects to Shepherd. It's like Southern cannot be a last name. It just cannot be a last name for some <laughs> can't, weird reason. Can't be. Not possible. Absolutely not. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. You ready? You gearing up, ready for the launch? Oh yeah, we we got about a week and a half uh, until launch Sunday. Um, but this coming Sunday, we got a practice Sunday, or actually like a soft launch where people can invite their friends, and uh, we'll have live worship, and I'll preach, and kids ministry rolling, and coffee, and so it'll be the real deal, just not the official, you know, big Sunday yet. So, but. It's right around the corner. So well, I like things up. I like what you said. There you are in your office as a church planner. So I can see a little bit of sweat oh, yeah. coming down your uh, forehead. So getting the <laughs> final car, touches on. <laughs> this happened from uh, renovating the church. So you know, it's yeah. I don't have an office at the church because we got to utilize all the space as best we can. And right. Uh, so I was like, well, I can study anywhere. And so, um, mostly at home, probably. But yeah. So it's. Literally, this has been my office for like a year, just wow. wherever I'm driving at or the car, just for all my meetings and stuff. So, Well, Max, you were here in February, and I can't believe here we are in September, and you're just a few short days away of having your first service. What has it been like over these last seven months, man? Oh, man, it's a loaded question. It's, it's been all the feelings, all the emotions, <laughs> Um you know, when, when God spoke this dream to us, I asked him why, and he said to stretch you and everything has been stretched. My waistline, (laughs) uh, my capacity, I mean, everything and our family, but it's been so good. The, our son Lincoln, he's, as soon as it hit September 1st, he just like, Oh, 17 days until launch. And I was like, what? Like he was excited. (laughs) What in the world? That's what he talks about when he wakes up. And it's tough because, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to, you have to choose how you're going to spend your time. Wow. And there's, there's lots of days after school where the kids are coming to the church with me for a little bit and that weighs on me. I don't want to be a pastor and father that the kids end up resenting the church. Right. And so... Uh, so, so to hear him say like how excited he is, mm-hmm. um, really touched my heart, um, got me all my feelings in a good way, you know, so <laughs> all up in the feels. Well, I can see <laughs> it on your face too. That's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. 
It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's well, you know, it's like I want him to like he's a part of this. No one sacrificed more for this church than my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And um they got to see me stressed and excited and to travel and um the ups and downs, all the events. I mean, they were either there or someone was watching them for us so we could be there. And so they've they've sacrificed a lot. So to be able to make this a place that uh, they can love too is has been quite a joy, and, and just to meet you know the people on the team, meet them, and and then get to know people on the team and realize like, hey, you know, we added someone else, you know, hey, another church donated money to us, like look what God's doing, yeah, and so to help build their faith, that's been really exciting to see. Well, it's just a season, and you'll get through it, and yeah. then things will be normal, and you're like, man, we gotta we gotta go plant another church now. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Don't blink! Don't blink! Yeah, yeah we got Don't north, blink. north, north campus, then east campus, then west. Oh, Max Shepard, Seymour. Max, you just mentioned um, you just mentioned your son and how excited he is. Give us a little bit of a background for those of you that have never met you or never heard you speak. A little bit about your your wife, how long y'all been married, your children. Kind of what's your, what's your story leading up to this moment right now? Yeah, so I got called to ministry um, in June of 2006 and uh, ended up going to Bible College, uh, Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Met my wife, Keisha, there. And then we were youth pastors and children's pastors for six years at her home church in Marshfield, Missouri. Then God, we felt God was stirring our heart like something was going to happen, something was going to come up. And then as far as transition, and I got a call out of nowhere about an executive pastor position. It was God. So we went to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, Bluff first. And then um, in the middle of all of that, it was in um, 2016, uh, arguably one of the hardest uh, years of our life with Keisha's mom passing away, uh, my dad falling uh, 15 feet, his life changing. He's alive. He's a miracle, but things, you know, just being completely different for our family. When God speaks his dream of, Hey, you're going to plant a church. This is my will for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, why? And he said, to stretch us. And I'm like, yep, we've been getting stretched. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, while at Poplar Bluff, at Bluff first with TJ and Brooke Woodard, we, we, we grew so much and, uh, the church grew. And through that, we got to see like how, us as pastors, um, how it affected families and people. And that church planning dream just came back up and I tried to run from it, applied at a church and we did not get, um, get accepted or chosen as a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, God, like, are you calling us back to church planning? Was I trying to run? And we were. And so anyways, we uh, ended up praying and God kept bringing back Shelbyville, Indiana to us. Yeah. And so uh, last July of 2021, we moved in with my parents for 11 months. And that was um, fun. I, huh? I said, that had to be fun. Hey, mom and dad, we're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And so. It went really, really well, actually. They're, they're a huge blessing, and I'm very thankful for um, – it was just special. I knew. I'm like, man, this is a special moment, special time, because uh, I lived – I was going for like 10 or 11 years after I went to Bible college. So just to get to have that time with my kids with them was special. I was going to say important. they're probably thrilled to have the grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, oh yeah, at right home now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, and Keisha probably they thought they were going to train them for us. But you and Keisha probably was able to go on all the dates that you could possibly go to, right? Did they absolutely babysit? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, built-in babysitters, right? Yes. Um, it's funny sometimes we say, "Hey, mom, dad, we're going to watch the kids for you guys and go out tonight." So go ahead. Oh, nice. And so, wow. um, yeah. Which you know that was more of a joke than a nice thing. It was just a mess with them. But anyways, um, so we lived with them. Then we finally. Uh, moved to Shelbyville and got a home here, and um, I substitute teaching the school. And I've been we've had interest parties in the community, you know, putting the word advertising out, letting people know, hey, a brand new church is coming. Do you want a fresh start? Do you want to be a part of this? Uh, got to meet a lot of people. Um, added people to the launch team by just messaging people who liked our page or showed interest in our events, and just grabbing coffee with them, me and Keisha, and we've added people that way, and. Um, 
I don't know. It's just been great. It's been really cool. Well, Max, so that's what I see. And speaking like we did there at Madison and raising funds. And uh, God's just, God's made it evident. He wants this church here. Well, Max, that's what I see about you. You're just such a people person. You just have this, I don't know what it is. It's like you just attract people. And when I'm with you in person, you blow me away at just how you just connect and just how you bring people in. I, I think that's a really amazing strength you have. Oh, well. You're being way too kind. No, and I'm very serious. If you weren't recording, I'd like move the phone. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> You're embarrassing me, man. Stop. No, you are. Well, let me ask you this, and I don't know if any of you guys have a question here, but let me jump in. Here you are, just a few short days away from launching. What is the one thing you have learned that if you had to start over, what would you change or what would you do that one thing? Hmm. Not stress so much. No. <laughs> Yeah, get an increase in medication sooner. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it did happen during this process. Um, man. I know that was a, a big one on you. You know, yeah, I would. I and Everything is spiritual, right? Sure. I would have prayed more. Mm. I remember a day here recently. Um, I went to the room in our house where I try to work and pray and stuff. And I had really good intentions of praying. And then I opened up my laptop and I was like, well, I can, you know, get some Spotify music going and still pray. And Mm -hmm. uh, which is normal for me to do that. But I left my laptop open and I was like, well, I can look up one thing, right? I'm just gonna. And so my mind start racing, racing. And uh, one of the emails was about some chairs that were getting delivered, a delivery here to the church. And I'm like, I don't want to be by myself, you know, like, I have to move all these chairs myself, blah, 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 starting stress about it. And I kept feeling like the Holy Spirit was telling me, lay down on that rug, lay down on that rug, just, mm. just lay in the quiet. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it just kept growing um, in my, in my thoughts and my spirit. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I left the music on, lay down the rug and my mind start racing and racing and racing about all the things I, I need to do and all the things I want to do. And, all of my worries and all my stressors and anxieties and the things I was scared about, right? Like all the bad things. And, um, in that moment I was like, man, why can't I was beating myself up? Right. It wasn't conviction is was, uh, condemnation. I was condemning myself and I felt like, what God, why can't I just clear my mind? Why can't I just sit here in the quiet and the silent? I preach about this. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it. I've read about it. Why can't I do this? And I feel like the Holy Spirit say, this is you casting your cares on me and your anxieties on me Mm -hmm. uh, because I love you. Like you sitting here in the quiet and you're thinking through all this, like I'm going to take care of it. And that just kind of blew me away. Right. So I'm laying there and um, I I, I just felt a release from the Holy Spirit. And then about five or 10 minutes later, my phone rang and it was a delivery company for the chairs and they were trying to figure out how to deliver them that day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that today. And the guy heard how stressed I was. He's like, hey, I can do a different delivery date. Huh. And he, like, changed the delivery date when I had people here to help us with the chairs. Wow. And yeah. I just think, like, what if I would have tried to, you know, call that company and get things changed on my own, how much stress I would have did or how much work, how much stress I would have had going on in that moment. Yeah. Instead, God's like, hey, pray. And I prayed and then he did that. And I felt like that was God showing me like, hey, spend time in my presence, be with me, pray. I'm going to help you take care of this. Yeah, that's powerful. Wow. That's amazing. You guys have anything you want to ask him? Yeah. So this I have is, like a whole bunch of lists here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got a two-part question for you really quick. So um, what was leading up to this? I know your itinerating process and all that. It was a pretty lengthy um you know, just an ordeal for you guys. What was the most daunting thing um, that you kind of faced? Was it, you know, the the building? Was it, you know, oh man, you kind of alluded to it. Am I going to have enough volunteers? Like what was the one, the one mountain that you were like, oh boy, that's, that's the big one. Hmm. I would say from the reports, um, some surveys or, um, personality test that I took the team building was something that was more of a uh, weakness of mine. 
I needed to work on. It was a lower score. And so that was something that um, I felt like I do want to get better at. I felt like it was accurate. And I think right now I'm feeling that some. Uh, I wish we had more people a part of the team. But at the same time, my father-in-law said it best. He goes, Max, because I was like, oh, we got two months to launch this church. Mm-hmm. He's like, hold on. You got two months till you have your very first service of your church ever. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Like, never thought of it like that. Like, my very first, the very first service of this church. Yeah. Like, of course, it's not going to be, everything's not going to be lined up and perfect. Like, it's the first. And right. so that helped me a lot to instead re-engage and just focus on the people we do have instead of who I wish we would have had. And so I think the people part was huge. Renovating this building has been really difficult. Um, I'm not a construction guy. Uh, I don't know how to do a lot of things and what I can do. I'm not like super confident in doing them. Right. Uh, But man, God just brought so many people behind us, but it has been a challenge. There's things we're still working on even this week um, to finish up before we start having people in here regularly. Wow. So what do you have left to do as far as for the building? Honestly, uh, little stuff, painting, um, and not a lot of painting, uh, just touch up stuff. And we have like one or two classrooms that uh, one classroom is going to be finished this week. And there's another one that we don't have to have finished yet. And I, it was one of those I put on the list and said, you know what, this is going to wait. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. You know, it just, yeah. whatever, we'll pivot and change course. Well, I know uh, Cody had that second part of his question, but it is amazing when you think about a building and putting people together. Wow. That's, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. wow, that's a lot to think about Absolutely. over those, those weeks. Yeah. So yeah. The, the second part, so that was sort of, you know, the, the beginning. It's like, oh, man, the frustrations, the negative. What has been like the biggest unexpected win? Mm-hmm. Like you just walked away like, God is just awesome. Man. The fact that people did say yes, <laughs> I know I'm sitting here wanting more people. Like I'm like, oh, I wish we would have had more people to help and stuff. Um, but the fact that people did say yes, they didn't know us. And some of them I asked them like, hey, what made you like want to say yes to join the team? And they don't really have an answer. They're like, you know, I don't know. I just felt like this is what I was supposed to do. Wow. I said, okay. Like there's really no reason for – 90 to 95% of our team to be on our team. Um, except cause like, it's not like our, our whole team's never really hung out and met It's hit and miss on their schedules. Um, there's people on the team that haven't, you know, like I said, haven't met each other yet. And so for me, I'm just blown away by that and just how God's using that. And, um, yeah, that, and I, de- I think definitely financial support, uh, and you guys were, you know, a big part of that too, uh, Madison assembly. And we're very thankful. Um, but just the, the way that people, um, in my life have not just vocalized, they believed in us and what we were doing in the call in our life, but they gave towards it as well. And so, um, so that was pretty special too. Hey, let me ask you this question. This is kind of getting away from what pastor Cody asked. What was the biggest thing that you learned just traveling to all the different churches? What were the things that you saw? I mean, do you see some similarities? Do you see differences? Um, what is your perspective of the church as a whole out there as you were traveling? I think a lot of it, um, the different personalities of pastors mm-hmm. uh, and how they approach um, their congregation, people in their congregation, and kind of you know, you can learn from anybody. And sometimes actually a lot of times it's what you don't want to do. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, you know, there's some guys that said they'd support us and they like, like promised, gave me a time like, Hey, by this time. And then never sent anything, never heard back from them. And it's like, you know, you don't like, you don't really want to be that person. You know, you don't want to be like these kind of ways. And, um, and, you know, you never know what's going on. But I think for me as a leader, I'm observing the pastor, uh, the congregation's so different, um, you know, and that's been fun to see too, the dynamics and the culture of the city. And, but, um, yeah, I think for me it was like, okay, uh, my pastoral coach, Alan Baker, talks about how there's uh, three different kind of pastors. There's um, 
hard and bitter. Hmm. You have your hard and bitter pastors. You have your uh, coasters. They're just doing bare minimum to get to retirement and be done. And then you got your sweet and deep pastors. Mm. Sweet and, deep. and, you know, we always talk about wanting to be sweet and deep. And, um, you know, Jason, you're one of those. Oh, man. And there's other guys that I got to talk, uh, speak for uh, throughout this last year that are that as well. And those moments, you know, are, are huge encouragements. Like, all right, that's someone that, regardless of, the good and the bad of what's going on. Like they're still awesome. And like that reminds you of like who you want to be like. Yeah. There had to be a good education though, as far as getting your church up off the ground and knowing, okay, these are the things that I want to be good at. These are the qualities I want to have. So that I'm kind of envious of you being able to just have that experience of going to other places. So. Yeah, it was fun. In some places I'm like, all of that's insider lingo. I don't know anything you just said. And I'm a pastor of a church. Nice. So it's like, you guys are crushing it. Not really. But anyways. Yeah. (laughs) I always find it hilarious when churches speak in acronyms. Like, don't forget, on Friday, we have the ACM meeting with the Bore 48. (laughs) I'm like, nobody except the people that attend here know what any of this stuff means. (laughs) I hop. hop. 100%. Yeah. Max, the, the one question I really you know, kind of, I didn't want to take any questions away from pastor. Cause I know he really has a pastor to pastor has a heart for this stuff, but why Shelbyville? What did God speak to you? What, what is it about this city that God has placed a burden on your heart? And what, what are some of the major needs and what's your mission to accomplish there with this church? Yeah. So our mission, we want to be a safe place for anyone to access freedom through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we studied the community and, um, and knew who we are as leaders, but ultimately what we felt like we needs to see happen. Uh, you know, we were youth pastors for six years. And so we got to see a lot of teenagers and, uh, broken homes, different things like that. And like, there's some freedom that needs to take place in the lives of families. And, um, they need to know they have a safe place to worship in, you know? And part of that is, you know, we're for anyone, but we're not going to be for everyone. Um, anyone can come to our church, but not everyone will. And that's fine. I just told a guy on Facebook on our page, he commented, and I was like, hey, you were a church for anyone, but not everyone. And it sounds like you need to, like, there's another church out there for you. And that's fine. And so I'm waiting for, (laughs) to see what he says. But anyways. um, (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, we had had that conversation recently about, we did a we did a recent episode about things we wish people knew about, mm-hmm. a, about being a pastor. And one of the things that heart, that's heartbreaking for us is when you get to that place with somebody in your church that look, I may just not be the right pastor for you, and right. And so, I, especially now in this early stage when you're trying to build your first congregation and build your core, you know, you, you don't want to see anybody say no. So I, I bet that was a hard mm-hmm. conversation for you to have. I bet you were looking for anyway. God, please, how can I turn this around? <laughs> well, and you know. <laughs> things like that on the internet is such an opportunity for people who, cause there's a lot of people that watch yeah. and comment and interact and I'm a watcher. And so it's an opportunity for people to see how you're going to respond to those kind of situations. Right. And so I feel like, is it advertisement? Honestly, it's like, all right, how I'm going to communicate this and handle the situation is advertisement, but to get back to why Shelbyville. So we knew we were going to come to Indiana. I grew up here. Keisha's from Missouri, but we knew we were going to pastor and lead a church here in Indiana. Um, we kind of felt that ever since we were even just dating, like I wanted, I wanted to be home in Indiana. We just knew this is where we we're going to be. So anyways, um, we wanted to go where there was a need. And so I looked, I talked with Jeff Carlson in the district office. He's over planning and development. And, um, looked at all the counties that did not have a, some was a God church. And so I grew up in Johnson County, which is just one County to West of Shelby County. And so it's not far from family. And it really looked a lot like the demographics of where we just experienced, um, I would say successful ministry in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, same city size, same County size. Um, just we're closer to Indianapolis and, uh, but the biggest thing really was 65% of our County is unclaimed for the gospel. Wow. And if we're going to plant a church, it's because we want to see people get saved. Amen. We want people see people set free and change forever. Good. And, and that is available to anyone. And so that's a big part of our mission and why Shelbyville and what we're doing. Wow. 
It's awesome. That is pretty awesome. Well, hey, if people are watching from Shelbyville, how would they get in contact with you? What, what, what? Where do you want us to put them to? Your your Facebook page? Your do you have a website? Yeah, they can go to our Facebook page and send us a message. Uh, it's the Ville Church or VilleChurch.org. There's a more information section where you can put your name and information and get in contact with us. Or you can add me as a friend on Facebook, Max Southern, and just message me directly. That's fine, too. So now we're on the final countdown. What is the what is the one thing that you're trying to get accomplished right now? I want to be prayed up. Yeah, uh, my, my focus right now is spending time in prayer and uh, study and taking care of myself physically so that I can be the best uh, for our church and for my family. Because ultimately, nothing's going to go right if, not, if it's not flowing out of my home right. And so, uh, and those are like the most difficult things. Uh, and I love being around people. It was hard for me not to drive down there and actually be in person and go to lunch <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's what's what's better, right? Like, what's the best? Like, good is the enemy of best, right? Sure. So, good decision, drive down there, hang out. Best decision, well, I had some things, you know, I needed to take care of this morning. So, That's good. just making those calls. And it's so hard because I love hanging out with people and eating and all that stuff. And <laughs> Oh, man. So Good is the enemy of best. I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to steal that one. Yeah, I that, stole it from somebody else, so you're welcome. That's what pastors do. We steal from each other. <laughs> we wouldn't have known that's the it. difference. You should have just took credit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You should, just yeah. hashtag it Max Shepard. Max Shepard. Yeah, there you go. I credit that's Max good. Shepard with that Blame one. Blame that guy. Well, yeah. the final thing I want to say, and these guys can end it out however they want to, I just want you to know, Max, I'm proud of you. Um, I'm, it's so amazing to see where you're at. I remember at the beginning when you were talking about the what ifs, here you are on the other side and my goodness, I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. We are praying for you. Our church is going to continue to support you and, uh, just keep, stay strong. We're excited to hear about your opening day and can't wait to share it with our church. What happened on that day too. So oh man, look at Thank that bruises so and all. I love you, man. I'm so proud of you. Bruises and all. Thanks bro. <laughs> That's good. You guys have any final things to say? I say this is again. So you, you 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 plugged your social media. So up and coming. Can you give us kind of service times? What people can expect when they come? Kind of plug sure. pl- plug anything you want to plug yeah. right now for anybody that's interested in looking for a church in Shelbyville. Man, I don't know. Um, Ten a.m. Sundays, eleven fifteen, St. Joseph Street, right in front of Hendricks Elementary. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They'll find us. They'll hear about us eventually. If not, so it's awesome. Yeah. You're going to give away some uh, handkerchiefs and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> all of it. I'm giving away it all. <laughs> Just kidding. Autograph Jason Daly sweat towel. Hey, there you go. Hey, I still have my shirt that you gave me. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Good. I'm surprised you're not wearing it today. I should have. Yeah. But hey, I have the colors. Black. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's right. Yeah, right. see? Well, yeah. Well, Max, we love you. We're praying for you, and we look forward to hearing about what happened. And maybe we can bring you back on and just kind of give an after of here's what we experienced on the opening Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, Max. We can't wait to hear all, right. all the stories, man. All right. Love you, man. All right. Love you guys. Thank, thank, thank you, you for joining us. Thank you for your time. Yeah. All right. Bye. 